Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. And uh, we're going to be talking about mountain moving faith, uh, a, a series called Move That Mountain. And I just knew, I just knew, I had three different series, three different sets of topics that were in my heart, and I kept asking the Lord, Lord, Actually, I had two different ones, and I said, Lord, what do you, do you want to go into before we, um, you know, during October, November season? And I just didn't get anything in my heart, didn't get anything. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of these services, I got something I hadn't even, uh, uh, wasn't even uh, anticipating. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit said, you need to teach on faith. You need to teach on faith again. Faith. It's important to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I'm telling you, I'm always excited about teaching on faith. It's not that, because you don't learn just by your head, you learn by your heart. The Lord wants to increase our capacity. Whenever we teach on faith, it's something that the Lord's wanting to increase our capacity to receive and believe. So I don't care how much you know in your head, you continue to grow in that subject. But would you take your Bibles today, if you have a Bible, electronic Bible, physical Bible, whatever it is, lift it up and let's say this together in faith. Say, this is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. So I open my heart today to hear and receive the word of the Lord. Would you open up to the book of Mark today? Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And I want to tell you about a story about Jesus being hungry. Jesus being hungry. Have you ever, uh, I don't know if any of you like Krispy Kreme donuts, but you see that hot sign that's on. And you're driving by and you don't even want a donut. You're not even looking for a donut. But you just look over and you see the hot sign that's on and it's blinking. And you think it got brighter. It's brighter than it used to be before. So you drive up to that hot sign. I don't know if this ever happened. You drive up to it. And then I remember driving one time and I waited in line. And I'm waiting in line. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I wasn't even wanting a donut. But, whoo, no salt on that donut there. I mean, you know, but I thought, uh, so, so I'm standing in line. And I, I, I'm waiting in line. And I drive up. And I drive up. And I get to the front. And I say, okay, I want a hot, uh, I want a hot, you know, uh, set of, I would say a dozen for my family, for my family, a dozen uh, Krispy Kreme, um, Krispy Kreme plain glazed donuts, right? And then they say, oh, we don't have hot. I say, oh no, the hot sign's on. You have to have hot. Oh no, we don't have hot. Oh no, you have to have hot. You know, you're, you have to have hot. It says the hot sign's on. And, and I, I waited in line, you don't understand. No, we don't have hot right now. No, that's, that's wrong. That's offensive. I mean, I'm going to call, I need to call the police. I need to call somebody. This is some, I need to call the food police or something. You can't have a hot sign up. Well, that's kind of what was happening to Jesus. Okay, right here. Jesus was hungry. I want you to read from Mark chapter 11 and verse 12. It says, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, what does the Bible say? He was hungry. How many of you know Jesus got hungry? He had a fleshly body. It says he was hungry and seeing from afar off, uh, a fig tree with the hot sign on. No, it says the fig tree having leaves. What does that mean? Well, a fig tree with leaves would mean that there's probably fruit on the, on the tree. And it says from afar off, remember they lived out in like desert country and he's looking and he saw a tree way over there and he said, oh, it has leaves. Let's go over there. So they made their journey over there and they're walking over to it and it had leaves. It was lighted up like an open sign. Okay. He went up 
to see if perhaps he would find something on it. He's like, well, I know, you know, it's not really fig season, but even if I could find a fig or two, I'm hungry. Anybody know what I mean? When, you, when you're hungry, you want to just find something. He says, seeing if he could just find something on it. And when he came to it, he found, somebody say, nothing but leaves. Man, disappointing. Disappointing. He found nothing but leaves, for it wasn't the season for figs. It's not like he should have been expecting anything. But the guy was hungry, right? He found nothing but leaves, for it wasn't the season for uh, figs. I like this. It says, in response, Jesus said to <laughs> Jesus responded to an inanimate <laughs> fig tree that just didn't have leaves. Have you ever, like, spoke to your car and yelled at your car before, or you yelled at, you yelled at something before, and you're like, hey, come on, why aren't you working? Come on, work, work, as if it's going to work because you're beating it up, right? But it says, it says, in response to it, Jesus looked back at the tree. In response to it, he said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. <laughs> he must have been hangry, right? He must have been really hungry. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard it. Notice he said it loud enough for his disciples to hear. Lord, I pray that as we open your word today that you teach us about the faith of Jesus and the faith that you've deposited inside of us in Jesus' name. So the, the Bible says here that the next day, Jesus starts to teach about faith. He's teaching about faith. So the next day, it says in, uh, down in verse 20, we'll skip down to verse 20, it says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. Now I'm sure there was other trees, but notice they saw this infamous fig tree, the one that, isn't that the fig tree that Jesus was yelling at? He says, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi or teacher, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. By the way, I want you to notice it didn't say Jesus cursed, but it said Jesus cursed the tree by, what, by saying what? Let no one eat fruit of you ever again. How many things can you curse in your life just by saying, I'm not going to deal with that. You're you no good, dirty, rotten, this and that. You're, you're actually bringing curses to it. I want you to notice Jesus, Jesus didn't have to pull out smoke or pull out some type of ritual. He just spoke to it, cursed it, and it died from the roots. But the Bible says here that they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said, Rabbi, look, the, the fig tree which you cursed or you spoke against has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Uh, in, in some of you, there's a little, in some of your Bibles, there's a little number that says have faith in God. And, and, and it could say, some could also translate it, have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. That God, Jesus here is speaking faith, but he's saying have faith in God or have the faith that God's given you. Or have the God kind of faith. Jesus looked at him in response. Now, I want you to notice here, look at it again. He says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And then the, uh, the next day is when they noticed the answer or that something happened to the fig tree. Did they notice that something happened to the fig tree when they were standing there? The first day. No, in fact, it wasn't until the next day that they saw the results of his words. So oftentimes that tells us about faith, that when you speak to it, 
when you're beginning to declare something over something, you may not see the immediate results. In fact, they had to wait till the next day and someone, notice Jesus did, it didn't say Jesus walked up to the tree to see if his words worked. No, it said that Peter and the disciples, the, they had to look at the tree and say, hey, look, Jesus, draw his attention. See, he just kept walking. His assumption was if his words spoke it, then, then they were done. You said it, it's done. That's the way words of faith should operate. But they drew his attention and he said, Rabbi, look at the tree. Here's the tree. It's dried up from the roots. Look at it. And the Bible doesn't say that Jesus ever looked at the tree. The Bible says he looked at Peter. And he says, have faith in God. See, because sometimes we want to speak to certain things and we don't see change. And, and so what, what do we do? We keep looking at the thing to see if it changed. I'm looking at it to see if it changed. I'm looking at the thing. Instead of looking at faith, looking at the word of God, looking at the will of God, looking at the plan of God, because it's not looking at the thing that's going to change the thing. It's looking at the word of God and speaking and declaring and standing upon the word of God that's going to change the circumstance. So it says here that they had to draw his attention and they said, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And then Jesus said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. He said, for assuredly, I say to you, Jesus is still speaking here. Whoever says, whoever says to this mountain even, be removed and be cast in the sea. I want you to notice what Jesus didn't do. He didn't say, look at the fig tree which you, look at the miracle which you did. And Jesus didn't go, yeah, that's because I'm the son of God. Yeah, that's because I, when I speak, things happen. Do you notice Jesus wasn't trying to bring the attention? Yeah, that's right. And if you guys need anything, you just tell me and I'll speak to it. Was that what Jesus was trying to do? No, what was Jesus trying to do? They came and said, look at this miracle that you did. And Jesus turned it around and he said, whoever says, what is he saying? Anyone can do this. Jesus is pointing back out to his disciples, anyone can do this. Anyone can do what I just did. See, he's trying to get faith back into people's lives. He's trying to get it in, into their, in fact, he upped the ante from going from a fig tree to a mountain. He says, in fact, if any of you would say to, and he looks at the biggest thing there, this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Notice he's teaching about faith and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes that the things he says, who says, he says, who is he, who is he? Anyone, anyone can do this. Anyone, the things that he says will come to pass. He will have whatever God says. Is that what he says? No, he will have whatever he thinks. Is that what he says? No, he will have whatever he says. See, Jesus is teaching his disciples, you can have what you say. But instead, the way we live is we, we can say what we, we just say what we have. Lord, look at the circumstance. Look at the mountain. God, I pray that you'd move the mountain. Is that what Jesus taught? Did Jesus teach that when you see a mountain, ask that God move the mountain? Is that what he said? No, he said anyone who can say and believe, you'll have whatever you say. Now wait, Jesus. You know, you're setting people up for failure. 
You're setting people up for disappointment. You're setting people up for, you know, that's why, that's why we don't want to teach the word the way the word teaches it. We don't want to just say what Jesus said anymore. Who said this? Jesus said it, and he said it to his disciples. Let's read it again. Just look at it again. Look at the words of Jesus. For assuredly, what does that mean? For sure. It's like you're about to tell someone something that's hard to believe, and you go, hey, what I'm about to tell you, for sure, this is true. Listen, for assuredly I say to you, whoever, somebody say whoever. Somebody say says. So it takes a person, and it takes saying. Whoever says, anyone can do this, to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in his heart that the things he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you what? Now, why didn't Jesus put in in this prayer the things that preachers put in prayers all the time? Why, why didn't he just put in prayer, prayer what we always say, well, I don't want to set him up. So you'll have whatever God wants you to have. You'll have whatever, well, or God has three answers. You're gonna, you'll, you'll pray about it and you'll believe it, but God can either say yes, no, or maybe so. See, these are all extra things that we have. Where did that come from? It came from a person who was trying to reason the circumstance, the situation in their lives, and they're trying to say God's word plus my circumstance equals this new doctrine. But the doc- that doctrine's not Jesus' doctrine. That doctrine, even the doctrine of saying, God, you move the mountain, that's not Jesus' doctrine. I'm not saying we, we, we can't pray that, but I'm just saying that's not what Jesus said about the mountain. Jesus said, what should... What, What should we do about the mountain? You should speak and believe in your heart. And if you would and don't doubt it, it'll be done. Let's look at it again. Because again, I don't want to just say my words. I want to say what Jesus said here. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever, read it with me, whoever says to this mountain. Now, does it say says says to God? So, So really, verse 23 isn't really even prayer. Verse 24 is prayer. Because it says whatever things you ask when you pray. Verse, verse 23 is just a declaration of faith. Do you know there are some things that you can get done in the spirit without even praying about it? So there's, there are some things in the spirit that you can get done without even praying about it. Well, what do you do? You just speak to it. You leave in Jesus' name. Right? I mean, I'm just saying according to Jesus. According to what Jesus said. He says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart but believes. Jesus didn't make a big deal again of his own words of faith, but he says anyone can do this. Anyone can move the mountain. Jesus didn't say to ask God to move it. Jesus said whoever says can move it. Faith is one of the most important topics for all believers. Why are we studying it? Because it says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, for without faith it is impossible to please God. Now, this was the great faith chapter where all these people were written up because of all the great things that, that they did, believing God in faith. But he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Can we say it together? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Say it one more time. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must 
believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we know that that we're supposed to have faith. But can I tell you something that you may not know? Do you know that God has faith? In fact, do you know that everything that was created in the heavens and the earth was created by faith? That God, in fact, do you know that God was the very first one in the great faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11? God was the very first one that was written up that used his faith. You say, well, God doesn't need faith. He created everything by faith and by words and by believing. In fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds, say it with me, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. How was all the heavens and the earth created? By faith and by words, by words of faith, by, by saying and believing. And who, whose faith was released? It was God's right? What did, how was the heavens and the earth uh, created? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what did he say? He said, let there be light. Say those words. Let there be light. He said it. He believed it. And what happened? Everything was created. And then every single day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, all of the things that are created, he spoke it into existence by words. In fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, so that the things which are visible were created. What does it say? So that, uh, so that the things which are not or, or which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Everything that you see in your world that we experience visibly, that we get to enjoy and experience, were created by something that was invisible. They were created by faith. They were created by words. And God was the first one. So when he says have faith in God or have the faith of God, God was the first one who demonstrated faith. Jesus demonstrated faith here just with the fig tree. And then he said you can even do this with the mountains. Um, faith, God uses words of faith to create everything. Jesus says, you can have faith like this, or you have faith like this. You might wonder, well, how do I get faith? How do I get faith? Let me say this today. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you already have faith. If you're a believer, you don't need to pray for faith. You don't need to ask God for faith. You don't get faith when you're 16 years old. Okay, now okay, now you're at the age where you can get a you can get you can drive and you can have faith. No, as soon as you're a believer, you have faith. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have faith. And let me let me just show you. By the way, uh, the Bible says let out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let everything be established meaning that if anyone tries to build a doctrine off of one scripture they take one scripture and they try to go down the road on it uh it it it, it, it's it's not stable right the bible says things need to be established by two or three so that's why normally when i'll establish something that's said i'll give you at least two or three scriptures because the bible says let that uh let everything be established by two or three uh, scriptures. So if you're a believer, you already have faith. Let me show you a scripture here in Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. This was written to the church at Rome. It was written to believers. And the Holy Spirit says through the apostle Paul, for I say through the grace that was given to me to everyone who is among you. Who is he saying it to? He's saying it to all believers. To everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. 
God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. What does that mean? It means if you're a believer, you have faith on the inside. You don't need to pray for faith. You have faith. Somebody say, I have faith. Yeah. And who gave you faith? God. And what did he give you? He gave you a measure of faith. But it doesn't seem fair that some people seem to have more faith and other people seem not to have faith. Let me tell you, you, the way to get more faith is to exercise the faith you have, right? You may look at someone who has, uh, they have arms and they have little muscles, and then you may look at me. I'm just kidding. You may look at somebody else and you say, how did they get such big muscles? Well, they exercise them. They work them. And when they work them, they grew. They grow. You know, it's the same thing with your faith. When you feed your faith and exercise your faith, your faith will grow. So if you have little faith, if you're someone who has small faith, that's a good evaluation. It's good to know. Don't feel bad about it. But you do need to start feeding it, and you do need to start exercising your faith in order for your faith to grow. But I do want to tell you, you have faith. Somebody say again over your life, I have faith. Yeah, we all have a measure of faith. It's like your brain, right? Some people, have you ever said to your kids, use your brain? You didn't say get a brain. You have brains, right? Or you, you, you have someone you're working with and you're like, I wish they just used their brain. You have to exercise your brain for your brain to grow in capacity, for you to get smarter and sharper and better. You, you were all born with a measure of faith. We're all, just like you're all born with arms. You're all born with legs. We're all born, uh, you know, with ears and with eyes. But you have to exercise those things in order for those things to grow. We all have a measure of faith. God didn't give things disproportionately. He gave us all a proportion of faith. And as we begin to exercise it and use it, our faith can grow. So does everybody have faith? Does everybody have faith? Well, that was a trick question, and so I'm sorry for saying that. All believers have faith. All believers have faith, okay? Uh, let, me, let me show you. Not every person does have faith, because uh, I kind of set you up on, on, uh, against that. I'm, I apologize for that. But ungodly people really don't have faith. In fact, let me show you a scripture in 2 Thessalonians. This was written also to the church. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. Well, he's talking about wicked people on the outside who, who aren't believers in the Lord. They're saying they don't have faith in the Lord. They have the, the capacity. They, they can have faith, but they just don't have it. So Romans is writing, he, notice again, to everyone who's among you, and God gave to everyone who's among you a measure of faith. Many believers, though, many believers, though, act like they don't have faith. Do you ever feel like your faith is weak or your faith is small or your faith is, and you really just don't feel like I have faith? God, give me faith. Give me faith. Well, you don't have to pray, give me arms, right? You just have to use them. You have to say, you don't have to pray, give me faith. You just have to use the faith that you have. In fact, here's how we know we have faith. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, by grace... If you know it, say it with me. By grace, you have been saved through, through whose faith? Through your faith. By grace, you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I want you to notice it's his gift, it's his grace, but it's only received by your faith, by your believing. So everything that we receive from God, everything has to be received by faith. 
That's why it's important for us to know that we have faith, to exercise our faith, to grow our faith. You don't have to pray for more faith. You just have to use the faith you have. Faith is necessary for everything that you receive from God. You have to receive it by faith. Salvation, does it have to be received by faith? Yeah. I said salvation, does it have to be received by faith? So does healing. So does deliverance. So does the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So does hearing from God. I don't don't hear from God. I don't hear from God. I don't hear from God. Is that faith you're speaking? No, it's unbelief. And guess what will happen? You won't hear from God. You won't hear from God. See, without faith, it's impossible to receive the things of God. It's impossible to please God. Um, So is finding a spouse. So is having kids. So is raising kids, somebody say. (laughs) Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And on 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 and on. It all takes faith. It all takes faith in the promises of God. It all takes faith in the word of God. Not in your circumstance, not in yourself. It's not faith in faith. It's not faith in you. It's faith in the promises of God. Somebody say amen. Yeah. People talk, I hear people talk themselves out of receiving from the Lord. They talk themselves out of it. They say, I, you know, with me, I just have a hard time feeling loved. I just have a hard time feeling loved. Do you know what that does to the pores of your heart and your emotions? It closes them up. I just have a hard time receiving from the Lord, some people. I just have a hard time. I have a hard time hearing from God. I just have a hard time believing. I just have a hard time. See, when you're saying that, just like Jesus cursed the fig tree, you're cursing your own ability to be able to receive. Do you see it? Because whatever you, Jesus didn't, he, he just said carte blanche. Whatever you say and believe, you'll receive. So if you're saying and believing, well, I'm just the kind of person, well, I'm just... See, and sometimes because we want distinction or personality, we put ourselves in a position that's not a good position. It's not a position to receive from the Lord, to receive all that he has. I'll tell you what I want to say about myself, and I'll tell you what I want to say about you, that you can receive everything the Lord has willed for you. That every promise of God is yes and amen. That every, everything God says about you, you have the capacity to receive it. Come on, somebody just say it today. I have the capacity to receive everything God has planned for my life. Say, I have the capacity to receive healing. <laughs> I have the capacity to receive the Holy Spirit. I have the capacity to receive freedom. Yeah, see, and if you see yourself and if you believe that, it's not mind over matter, but I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's the word of God over your present circumstance. That's what it is. We're talking about move that mountain, moving that mountain. People, people will limit themselves. I have a difficult time hearing from God. Uh, I don't know. I have a hard time. You know, I don't know about everybody else. I have a hard time being healed. I've heard people come up and tell me, I've had a hard time. I just have a hard time. It's just me. It's the way I was raised. It's my generation. It's, it's my background. It's because I was raised in the such and such church. It's because of my pastor. It's because of my parents. I just, and they, they come up with all these excuses of why God can't do something for their lives. That they've built up a case against the promises of God in their own life. By your words, Jesus said you're justified. And by your words, you're condemned. 
by your words. Sometimes I believe the reason we can't receive is because we've said we can't receive. You know, just a, a simple example, and I've given this before, is I hear people say, I'm, I'm bad with names. I'm bad with names. Oh, I'm just bad with names. And guess what? They're bad with names. <laughs> I've never met a person who said they're bad with names who's not bad with names, right? And I've just said, you know what can help you uh, to start being better with names? What? Stop saying you're bad with names. Because you know what you're doing? You're closing up your mind. You're closing up your consciousness. You're closing up your memory. You're closing up the capabilities that God's given you to remember names. And so they say, what should I say? I say, say this, I'm good with names. But then I'd be lying. No, No, you have the mind of Christ. Is that lying? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind, of a good mind, right? Right? So you're really just believing that God is increasing your capability and capacity. So you just, somebody just say, I'm good with names. Yeah. See, but that's how it works. If you'll start saying, I'm good with names, I promise you, just like the tree, you may not notice it today, but someone's going to notice it tomorrow. Hey, Mark, you're good with names, aren't you? I sure am. What changed? What changed? My confession changed. In fact, James says your body follows your tongue. It didn't say your tongue follows your body. And your ability to even remember and think follows what you're saying. If you're saying, I'm no good at this, I'm I'm dealing with this, I'm, you know, I understand confessing and being open. But we don't sit on that that old confession. Paul said one thing I do, forgetting what's in the behind, right? Forgetting my behind and moving forward, he said, something like that. You don't have to pray for faith. You have to use the faith you have. Faith is necessary for everything that you receive from God. Jesus said you can have what you, what you say. Instead, we walk around saying what we have. Jesus said we can have what we say. Instead, we feel so proud saying what we have. Well, I don't have that. I don't have that. And you won't. And you won't. <laughs> but I speak you will in Jesus' name. We're going to turn it around today in Jesus' name. Jesus said you can have what you say. So let me tell you, watch what you say about yourself. If you didn't get anything else today, I want to tell you, watch what you say about yourself. You're a child of God. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You've been born again into the family of God. Watch the way you talk about yourself. Why? Because you're talking about a son of God and a, or a daughter of God. That's what you're doing. You, it's not just about, well, no, it's about me. Yeah, but that's who you are. Your identity isn't in, in you anymore. Your identity is in Christ now. Watch what you say about yourself. Watch the limitations that you put on your own life by your own words. I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. I don't know about everybody else. They just seem to, they almost seem to go on a one-day fast and they lost 10 pounds. Me, I go on a 10-day fast and I lost one pound. That's just me. My metabolism's bad. My this. Watch the way you talk about yourself. Am I stepping on any toes today? Amen. Amen. Watch the way you talk about yourself. Well, what, what is the answer? Find out what God says about you. Find out what God says about you and speak those things. 
declare those things. Say those things. I'm not talking about just finding something out there like, I am an astronaut. I'm an astronaut. I'm going to the moon. This No, no, find out what, don't just find something random. Find out what God says about you, right? Find out what God says about you and believe that. Believe that. You know, I, I could all, I could, up one, I could all day and night confess that I'm a ballerina dancer. How many of you know God didn't build me for as a ballerina dancer? I'm not going to be a ballerina dancer. But if that's the will of God, if I knew that was the will of God, guess what I'd be saying? I'm a big ballerina dancer. I'm not saying just pick anything out of that. I'm saying find out what God said about you and confess that. Confess that over what you see, over what you feel. We walk by faith and not by, not by experience and sight. Somebody say amen today. Amen. You don't have to pray for faith. You have to use the faith that you have. Find out what God said about it. So let me ask you this. How did I get faith? How did I get faith? Well, it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, So then faith comes by, would you say this with me? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans is talking really uh, in context about faith to be saved, but it's really faith about anything, but he's talking about faith to be saved. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say it with me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say it one more time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice it's hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how faith came. Uh, Romans chapter 10, if you look, uh, how did faith to be saved come from? It came by you hearing the gospel. You hearing the message of the gospel. In fact, in Romans chapter 10, just a few verses before, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Would you say this in your mouth and in your heart? How do I know if I'm walking in faith? What's in your mouth? And what's in your heart? That's where faith is found. You can't say I'm walking in faith if it's just in your heart, but it's not in your mouth. You can't say I'm walking in faith if it's just in your mouth, but it's not in your heart. Faith is found in your mouth and in your heart. Isn't that what it says in Mark eleven twenty three? 23? Whoever says to this, whoever says, that's in the mouth, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things he says He'll have whatever he says. It's when the mouth and the heart line up, that's what faith is. Look at it again here, again out of the mouth of the two or three witnesses. Look in Romans 10. It says, what does it say? The word is near you. Notice, where is it? It's in your mouth. Say it with me. It's in your mouth and it's where? In your heart. That is the word of faith. I want you to notice what he calls the word of God. He calls the word of God the word of faith. Why? Because God's word brings faith. So he actually calls the word of God the word of faith. He's saying, that is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with what? Your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your what? Your heart, that God's raised him from the dead, it equals salvation, right? The believing of God, the believing of Jesus, the confession with your mouth equals salvation. He says, for with the heart one believes, he actually flips it around in case you didn't get this, started with the mouth, went to the heart. This time, for with the heart one believes, 
But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I want you to notice over and over and over again, you can't just have faith in your heart. It's got to be in your mouth. And you can't just have faith in your mouth. It's got to be in your heart. He says, if you, for with the heart one believes, with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Uh, he says in a few verses down in verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In other words, you can't believe without hearing. How do you increase your faith? By hearing the word of God. Let me say it again. Let me just, let me just break it down. If you're going to exercise your physical body, you have to feed it and exercise it. Feed it and exercise it. Your spirit, if you want your spirit to have faith, you have to feed it and exercise it. You have to feed it. Now, the physical body lives on physical food, primarily that came from, primarily that came from the ground. Why? Because your body came from the ground. So your body's sustained from the ground. Your spirit came from God. You're, in fact, when he breathed into man, what did he breathe into man? The breath of life. When he breathed into the word that says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is God breathed. The things that sustains your physical body is the ground because your body came from the ground. Your body will return to the ground. The thing that sustains your spirit is the words of God, the word of God, right? So you have to have the word of God and feed upon the word of God. And one day to be absent from the body, you'll be present back with the Lord. But we are spirits, so we have to feed our spirits. We cannot pray that we would increase in faith and not feed our hearts with the word of God and continue to be fed. Faith doesn't come by praying. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. We see it in multiple places. So you need a preacher. How shall they hear without a preacher? How do, they, how do you know if you're hearing the word of God preached? You know, you may not come to this church. You may not go to a, a different church. How do, how, are, how do you know if the word of God is really being preached? Here's how you know. You walk out with faith. You walk out with more faith than you walked in. If you walk out of church and have more faith in the eloquence or the ability of the teacher than you do of God, then you didn't hear the word of God. You heard a teacher. See, if you heard the word of, if the word of God was preached and you didn't grow in faith, then one of two things happened. Either you didn't hear, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. There was people who didn't grow when Jesus spoke, right? But they didn't have ears to hear, right? Either you didn't hear or the word of God wasn't preached. The word of God wasn't preached. So it's important that we are hearing the word of God. Not every, not not, it's not how eloquent we are. It's not the best storytellers. It's by who was preaching the word of God. If you listen to a preacher and your faith was built up, you heard the word of God. You heard the word of God. If you listen to a preacher and didn't have more faith, you either didn't hear or the word of God wasn't preached. Faith comes when the word of God is preached. I want you to notice, faith comes. Every time, faith comes. Every time, faith comes when the word of God's preached. That's why it's important to feed daily. Some people, I heard someone say, you can't, you can't grow. Sometimes people think that they can grow physically with three hot meals a day and they grow spiritually with one cold snack a week. See, we're so disciplined to feed our physical bodies, but you have to be just that disciplined to feed your spirit with the word of God. 
Well, what if I don't feel like it? Your spirit needs it. Your spirit needs it. Why? So that we can have faith to walk by faith and not by sight, right? To, to live. Faith is one of the most important subjects of the Bible. Again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, you can't please God without faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith. Somebody say it with me. We'll walk by faith and not by sight. What does it mean? You can't move forward without faith. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What does he mean? You won't last by faith. Right now you may be lasting because you're, you're in a good, you're in an uphill. But your life, if you look back at the pattern of your life, your spiritual life, where even no one sees, it's up and then it's down. And then it's up and then it's down. And then it's up, and then it's down. I want you to notice what he says here. He says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life in which you are called and you've confessed the, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It says in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, it says, hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. See, it's important to keep faith in order to keep stability in our spiritual lives. When you're discipling someone, can I tell you today, don't just, when you're teaching someone, training someone, helping someone along, make sure that you bring the word of God to them. As much as that you want to bring your experience, you know. I remember one time I was, uh, I, would, I was in the ministry and I was training different people and teaching different people and I would say, well, here's what I think. Here's what I've grown. Here's what I've learned. And one day something just came up on the inside and said, people don't care what you know. See, I can tell you my experience up one side and down the next, but it's not gonna help you get through tomorrow's trouble. That's why he says here, Paul told Timothy, who was a young minister, he told Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I charge you therefore, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance in his kingdom. Notice what he said, preach the word. Preach the word. If we don't have the word of God, we don't have any ground to stand upon. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come. And I think we've hit those days when people won't endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because of their itching ears, they just want to scratch an itch. And so what have they done? They heap up teachers for themselves. This was the days before YouTube and before podcasts where now we can just pull up any teacher we want that makes us feel good. But what did he say? He says the day that they won't endure sound doctrine and they'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Can I urge you, church, when you talk with other people, minister to other people, love other people, preach the word. Get the word of God in your mouth. Preach the word. Make sure. I don't care if you, you can share your story. You can share the examples. But start it out with what scripture says. When you go to pray for someone, don't just pray your own prayers. Oh, wasn't that a beautiful prayer? We don't need beautiful prayers. We need effective prayers. Come on, somebody. We don't need just pretty prayers. Eloquent prayers. We need prayers that change things, that heal the sick. That set captives free. 
We need anointed prayers. And let me tell you, you may have an anointed prayer on what you're already saying, but one way to have an anointed prayer is to pray the word of God because his words are already anointed. Preach the word, he said. Preach the word. Not tell people how you figured it out. Not preach about the word. Not preach parallel to the word. Not preach the principles of the word. But preach the word. Sometimes we'll take these points and say, I'm going to use the word to back up my points. No, I think there's something powerful about taking the word and finding the points in the word. Why? Because God has points right out of the word. God's word brings faith. Let me give you one more verse before we close today. One more verse. Listen to this. You have faith. Paul is the Holy Spirit saying to the church, and Paul's writing to the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith. I want to I close with that song we sang. Can we do it? God, we believe for it. Yeah, let's do that one. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, and since we have the same spirit of faith. Somebody say the same spirit of faith. According to what is written, notice this, I believe and therefore I spoke. Somebody say that. I believe and therefore I spoke. And Paul says, we also believe and therefore speak. Let me tell you, faith is about not only believing, it's about believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. What am I supposed to speak? Speak what God says. What if I don't know what God says? Then make it your assignment to find out what God says about that. In fact, if you'll, uh, if you'll go grab, they're free. They don't cost you any money. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the prayer guide that we have in here. In the back of the prayer guide, every subject you could think of, it will have scriptures. Find out what God said. Go grab one of those in the lobby and find out, write out what God said about it. Meditate on it. Get it down into your heart. Declare it. Speak it into your situation. Move the mountain. Move the circumstance. Don't wallow in depression and discouragement and mediocrity. No, what? Find out. Push the will of God through in your life. Believing what God said. That's what he was telling his disciples. But he says here, I believe, therefore I spoke, so we also believe and therefore speak. Again, I want to close with just Mark eleven twenty three, which what we opened with. Jesus said, and I want us to say it together. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, whoever says, Whoever says, somebody say, whoever says, do you have faith today? How many have faith in this room today? How many would say your faith is being encouraged and increased today? If you have faith, whoever says to this mountain, say it with me, be removed and be cast into the sea. Well, right there, what do you do to a mountain that's in your life? What do you do to a circumstance in your life? You speak to it. You speak not to God about it. You speak to it. You can speak to God about it too. God's not going to go, don't talk to me. No. You can talk to God about it. But God said, talk to the situation, to the circumstance. If you have discouragement this morning, speak to it. Say, I speak to discouragement today. And I say, you leave in Jesus' name. If you have depression, anxiety, say it. I speak to depression. I speak to anxiety. I say, be removed. Leave me right now. If you have a fear of your finances, you have a fear of things that are going on. You have a fear. Maybe you've been single for a long time. And you have, maybe you've been divorced. Maybe you have a lot of baggage in your life and you're afraid to get close to people. Right now, you just say, in Jesus' name, I speak to those mountains. I speak to this circumstance. And I say, be removed. Leave in Jesus' name. You begin to speak. I believed and therefore I spoke. What, air, what mountains are there that need to be moved in your life? What areas need change? Would you just bow your head? What areas need change in your life? 
What areas need alignment in your life? Jesus said, you move the mountain. You move the mountain with your words. You speak faith to your situation. You speak faith to your circumstance. And maybe today you don't see any change, but tomorrow someone else will notice and say, isn't that the thing you spoke to? You continue to speak it. You speak it. You can have what you say, the Bible says. Next week, I'm going to talk about developing your faith. In the next four weeks, I'd like for you to stick with me over these next four weeks because I, be, I know this is a message for us here. Over the next four weeks, I'm going to talk with you about moving barriers and moving mountains in your life. And I know that the Lord has some things to say. We're going to close with this song, but I want you to confess this right now. Come on, with your, with your heart, with your mouth. Let's confess this in faith today. Say, I believe. And therefore I speak. Let's say some things today. Say, I am a child of God. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. Somebody say, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Say, I have the God kind of faith living on the inside of me. Would you say this? I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by faith and not by feeling. I walk by faith and not by my circumstances. Say, I believe God's word more than my circumstance. Would you say this? By grace, I have been saved through faith and that not of myself. It is the gift of God and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. It's not by my works, but it's by faith in the grace of God. Say this today. There is therefore now no condemnation. Somebody needs to say it again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I am not going to condemn myself. I am bought and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So guilt, somebody say it. Guilt, fear, condemnation, anxiety, Leave me now. I want to say it again. Guilt, fear, condemnation, anxiety. Leave me now. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now let me tell you the reason I'm saying this. I know somebody say, how can I keep up with all that? I'm saying it because that's the way you overcome. That's the way you move mountains, by your words and by your believing, by your words and by your believing. I want you to say it one more time. Would you say this? Would you say, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Say, I believe that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Say this, sickness, disease, headaches, depression, discouragement, anxiety, leave my body now in Jesus' name. Healing, come to me now in Jesus' name. Peace, come to me now in Jesus' name. Say this, I receive my healing by faith. Just say it again, I receive healing by faith. In fact, just sit on that for a moment. Come on, take 30 seconds or so and just say, I receive my healing by faith. I receive healing by faith. I receive peace by faith. I receive hope 
by faith. I receive direction by faith. I speak it out and receive it and believe it today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, I receive peace today. Say, wind and waves, I speak to you and I say, peace, be still in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, God keeps me in perfect peace. Say this, God, you keep me in perfect peace because my mind is stayed upon you because I trust in you. Somebody say, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty, so no evil will befall me. No plague comes near my dwelling. Just say it over your household right now. No plague comes over my household. No disease comes over my household. Somebody say, all of my children shall be taught of the Lord. Say it over your kids. Say it over your your young ones. All my children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of my children. Every one of them. All of them. All of them. All of them. All of them. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Somebody say this. God gives his angels charge over me. Say it again, God gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somebody say, surely goodness and mercy follows me. I'm not looking over my shoulder and seeing somebody coming after me because of my past. No, I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm seeing that goodness and mercy is following me. All the days of my life, goodness and mercy is keeping me. Goodness and mercy. Somebody say it. Goodness and mercy is following me. When I make mistakes, goodness and mercy is following me. All the days of my life and I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just say this last thing. Say mountains barriers, bondages, strongholds, I speak to you. (laughs) You can't stay in my life anymore. Be removed in Jesus' name. Say, I have faith in God's word. I have faith in his promises. You're coming down now in Jesus' name, who the sun sets free is free indeed every one of them in Jesus name I want you to do this for a moment would you close your eyes for a moment and would you would you look forward within yourself look forward into the future and I want you to see every barrier removed come on see every barrier removed every barrier removed sometimes we open our eyes and all we see is barriers all we see is obstacles But I want you in the name of Jesus, just begin to pray into them. Right now, every barrier removed. Every obstacle removed. In Jesus' name. Sickness, you're coming down. The things that tried to hold me back, you're coming down in Jesus' name. You're coming down in Jesus' name. Mountain, move. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.